Hello, my big bear. Hello. I see that you're drinking Coke today. <laughs> I've been caught red-handed. <laughs> haven't, haven't seen you drink Coke for a while, actually. Not since Southeast Asia. Wow, really? That long? It's oh, been like a while. It's almost, been a while. almost a year ago, I, I think. Like, because, because, because I stopped drinking kind of soda in Southeast Asia. I just drank it all often because I think I was stressed and I always wanted something familiar, which is why Coke, McDonald's, <laughs> KFC, yeah. KFC, yeah, 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 yeah. So, not good, but kind of reminds me of the times that we had in Asia. Oh man, I, oh, I've, there's so many good memories that I've had there, and especially with you too. And bad ones that um, I'm really grateful for. Yeah, we actually had a pretty okay tough <laughs> experience there we've, as well. We've had a ton of pretty tough experiences. Um, we've had disasters in most of the countries we've been to, like floodings, fire, like <laughs> hurricanes, like yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Which one do you think was the worst? Um, I guess hardest experience in Southeast Asia in while traveling. Um, it's probably when we completely ran out of money in China. <laughs> and this was and this was literally we had six yuan left, so that is like about literally a dollar. Well, we probably like it was six or eight yuan. It wasn't a lot. It was less than two dollars U.S. American. Yeah, and, that was pretty bad. And this was during smack in the wood of winter, and because we were so broke we ended up having to walk several blocks, like a few miles, in order to find a place that looked like they had enough food to share between the both of us. And also one that didn't look like it would give us diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, right? Because so, that, that has happened. <laughs> so that was an interesting experience. Um, to give a little bit of context, that was when we were in Bali. So we went to Bali from Australia, and after arriving in Bali, both of our laptops died. Oh, dude, that sucked. It was at, it was exactly on the same day, the same evening. Because probably the charger that we use was a counterfeit Apple Mac charger, which is now why I buy real Mac, genuine Mac, char Mac chargers, because it shorted both our laptops, because I think due to the humidity. And so... The worst part was this was during Christmas, right before New Year's, and it meant that we didn't have any access to any of our laptops for two weeks. And that completely financially killed us because we didn't get paid. All the projects I had been working on were all canceled. Yeah. And so the only thing mm -hmm. that we could do was to buy a ticket to China because that was where I knew I could actually fix our laptops because yeah. we just simply didn't have enough to pay for a brand new one and in bali there weren't really a lot of options available no in bali it's more of uh you kind of like think about tropical slightly rural like beachy kind yeah. of type of uh place yeah so you could kind of guess what kind of people like what they what they do yeah it, uh, it's like a vacation island almost, right? <laughs> it's a vacation place for yeah. mostly australians actually yeah. so so it's uh definitely not very techy definitely difficult to source high-tech equipment if you're wanting a macbook you can but you're probably paying pretty expensive price and probably for outdated models yeah and you know the, the i think two shops we tried to get our macbooks fixed they 
didn't actually know the problem. Dude, they, they couldn't e- fix they, it. Okay, they messed it. They messed it up even further. Yeah, and, they did. And what I meant by mess it up further, like I don't understand why, but they use a heat gun to actually clean the keyboards. And 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 normally this is like this is this is the some people do use heat guns to clean keyboards, but not for a Mac. Because when you do that, all the keys were warped. So by the time we brought it to China and we showed it to the guy and the guy was pressing on, he's like, why are all your keys warped? I <laughs> and, know. I was like, and that was when I actually discovered that they were warped. I'm like, oh my God, this guy used a freaking heat gun. and Yeah, and it didn't solve the laptop problem. We still no. couldn't turn it on. And no. we're like, oh shit. No. Like- so yeah, but long story short, we basically used up all of our monies just in the repairs of the laptop. And this was right before we got paid. So if we didn't fix a laptop, Chinese New Year's was arriving. And if Chinese New Year's came and we didn't have the money to pay the guy because the guy was like, all right, I'm going to be leaving in literally three days. I'm going to go home to my town, to my home city. And this is a 2018? 2018? I think it was 2018. And so for us... We were just panicked and we're like, okay, we really have to figure this out. But we're going to have no food for the whole day. It was really bad timing because with Chinese New Year, uh, I don't know if people, if you guys ever been to China, but Chinese New Year is huge. And people, um, you know, they really just go over to their families wherever they are and celebrate for like a week or something. And and, and it's crazy because like we went to Shenzhen and Mm -hmm. the majority of people who live in Shenzhen actually don't live there they go there they work but when they when when during chinese new year's they go home to their families because they're all from out uh, other 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 cities and provinces in china and so the streets were almost empty during chinese new year's yeah so most shops uh, a lot of restaurants don't yeah. really open as much so which means that our option was even limited if we had to wait even longer yeah so that for sure was probably the hardest experience for me oh but i don't regret it one bit no no i i I don't regret it one bit is because it sucked at the time at the time i remember i was so stressed out and i was so worried because i didn't even know if we would have the opportunity to buy airplane tickets because we were waiting on payment and so we were literally starving that day. And then the next day, we were like, oh, I really hope our payments and stuff come in. Because if we don't, <sighs> the prices of the airline tickets to leave China was becoming increasingly expensive. And that we couldn't afford because we just literally bled money the whole whole month paying for rent in Shenzhen, paying for Which was pretty expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. It's not cheap. Yeah, Shenzhen, China is not the cheapest no, place to no, visit. De- no, de- def- <laughs> definitely not. But I'm grateful for it is because I think that that experience gave me perspective that maybe it wasn't a situation that I should have been stressed about anyways, because it was all out of our control, right? Like, like, okay, it's easy to say it now because now I've matured significantly, but looking back, it was a situation where I just absolutely could not control anything. And if you can't control anything, if I'm waiting for, let's say, money to come in, it doesn't matter how many tries, times I try to call. It doesn't matter how many times I try to actively look at price tickets for the flights and everything when I don't have money in my bank account, right? Yeah. So for me, 
I think it was a realization like afterwards and reflecting on it, I realized how out of control I felt. I was so insecure because of that one incident. And it made me really think like, maybe this isn't the way to live. Maybe the way to actually be at peace and maintain inner peace is to not worry about the situations out of your control and do what you can. Yeah, yeah. But given that we were like pretty broke, like you said, to six to seven yuan, I mean, how could that not stress you out even more? You know, because I mean, it's kind of like real life. Sometimes you people get into depth and they're like, oh, shit, I have no money. Yeah. Well, get out of the situation well but i i guess i guess the thing is this we won't starve to death we probably won't die because i mean now if you look at it we're on our 24 48 hour water fast and like (laughs) and like to us sure not eating for two days is fine which by the way if you guys want to know more about our fasting it's our last video (laughs) yeah and so definitely i think that Back then, because we were so used to, I, I would say that the kind of travel that we did was what most people expect, which was like, oh, we're going to go here and then we're going to we're gonna rent out a place and we're going to live here for a month. It's, and then it's going to kind of be like a mini vacation because when people think of traveling, when people say, oh my God, you've traveled to all these places, you must be either filthy rich or you have a ton of, ton of like, time and and i don't know like connections or like family in all these countries and something that gives you that advantage <laughs> right because they they I, I think the most most people glamour like glamorize travel because travel to them is kind of like an escape from the world that they live in yeah like i had a friend and she was asking me like how long i have been traveling in southeast asia and i think at the time i said about a year and a half and then I remember her response was just like a pause, like a pause of shock. And she's like, seriously, like, how, how are you able to, how are you making your money? Like, how are you right. funding your, your travels? Right. And, you know, I simply tell her like, oh, like I, I work online. I write as a, a writer and I get paid by uh, this company called medium.com. Yeah. And it's not a lot. It's not a lot. But no. people, like, people, people, people literally think we're making a lot. No, we're making like just hundreds yeah like three three digit a month (laughs) like it's it's not a lot like if it if it if it was literally and we had some savings but literally all it took was one situation like what we had a series of unfortunate events and bam our entire savings got wiped and we were literally almost stranded of course we had parents and friends that we could rely on last minute to bail us out, but it was something we really didn't want to do because I think at the time we were really trying to practice being independent and trying to learn through our struggles. And yeah. so it was a, that was a hard time for us to really try and figure that out. But yeah. going, going back to topic, of course. Yeah. I think, I think most people have the, the notion that travel has to be expensive, which in fact it doesn't really have to, because I think when people think about travel, they're looking for exotic sites, they're looking for an amazing way of life, they're going to all the tourist attractions, they want something that 
so drastically different from the way that they live their current lives. Yeah, so it's usually like, oh, going to, like you said, tourist attractions. Right. Or shopping malls. Uh, shopping malls right. is a big one. And, yeah. and just splurging on whatever you see that's like interesting or he's like oh this t-shirt was made from thailand you know we love thailand or whatever (laughs) and um uh and buying like expensive exotic food like in restaurants even though the street vendor foods are usually better well but 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 that's a problem like people don't have i guess i guess i guess because people's vacations are shorter like two weeks or even one week or even less than that they don't have the luxury of trying things that may or may not be great so they always end up going to uh all the tourist websites like TripAdvisor or anything in order to look at oh what do other people rank as high like what is fun and entertaining right but the but the problem is all these people who rank these places as high are generally people who have really had only not the they haven't had the authentic taste of something. So, for example, like Thailand, a lot of the restaurants that people recommended were really more catered towards American Thai. Yeah, yeah, right? I, I see what you're saying. They were yeah. more catered towards American Thai, and it was fancy, but it's drastically different from immersing yourself within the culture by a street side stall and then saying, oh, hey, look, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Literally, I am 20, 30 minutes away from the main city center where you don't see any other tourists except yourself. And you have to basically struggle and point to fingers. And like, when, when we ordered menus, we would have to take a picture of their menu and then basically- With our phone. Yeah, with, with our phone. <laughs> What, or or take a picture of someone what other other people are eating and then point to that picture to show to order to actually order because we couldn't read any and, of the Thai words and then show them one yeah just that right one right. and then usually but but it works out fine because usually they just smile and they're not their head they're like yeah they're, they're they, like, yeah, they, okay. they don't know their their yeah, language right? here but, <laughs> like but that's to say that when you allow yourself to be vulnerable in that situation and you travel you get a lot more perspective and i say perspective is because people think traveling is all about experiences yeah and experiences are important because experiences shape the best moments in your life but all an experience really is is it is a single moment in a very long life hopefully and the difference between an experience and a perspective is that perspectives gives you the ability to shape your mindset and to change it from how you originally thought right Mm. so the best perspective is an an example of realizing that travel isn't truly that expensive is maybe you don't need to work for so many years to save up for traveling no because a lot of people say i don't have the time to travel I can't travel until I've retired. I can't do this. Or I can't travel until I have enough money to right. cover me. But life moves on. So even though you thought, oh, maybe I can travel, out of nowhere, maybe you're in a relationship. Maybe you get married. Maybe you have kids. You have a car payment. You have house payments. So as you're building your life, you become more and more obligated with all of these responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And they tie you down in a way where you now give up on traveling because it's so remote and so distant and because you think, oh, 
now not only do I not have the money, I no longer have the time. Yeah. Right? So then people end up saying, I'm going to save up all of our vacation and time and then just fly to this country and then have a blast and I want to maximize all my experiences which is why I'm going to spend the money. I'm going to go to these these fancy resorts. I'm going to go to all these tourist attractions. It's because it's to when I think people a lot of people travel, they travel not for the sake of traveling themselves and experiencing everything that a country has to offer, but rather as a way to show everyone else that like to meet up to other people's expectations and including themselves. Right? So it's like as I say I must go to all these the best places in here because I can talk about it just to show and feel as if on Instagram. Like I know everything about this country and and culture. Like like, like justify (laughs) the travel costs and the time that they spend there. Right? Yeah, I could I could see a lot of people like Yeah, um, and so if if for example, if I tell people like yeah, I'm, I went to the middle of Thailand, and they're like, "Oh my God, did you go to a ping pong show? Did you did you go to all these all these like Are they clubs famous for and ping pong shows?" Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's it's rated R. Like, oh. like, like we're not gonna get into that. But well, I guess I never seen that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you're not a tourist. <laughs> guess but, not. Um, Is it worth it? I haven't seen it either. Oh, like I've I've we we've heard it from locals that were like, "Yeah, this is really really touristy," and. A little bit shady because when you go to those places they they force you to pay more money than you really owe instead of the entrance fee mm. but another topic aside when i tell them that no i just basically explore the countryside and i basically um went here live with the locals understood how they lived and did all the local things right mm. they're like Oh, okay, and they're suddenly no longer interested because they can't relate. Probably because they don't they're not very aware or knowledgeable about that place you might be visiting. It's it's highly possible. So they have like no imagination or expectations well, you, like for... if you've never been to a country then you definitely don't know what to expect, right? Yeah. So I... you probably base your expectations off what you've read or what you've heard about. And so everyone's always like, "Oh, you want to ride the did you ride the elephants?" And to me, I'm like no, not really. We didn't ride the elephants. One, it's, it's bad for the elephants. And two, it's like, it's not something that we could have afforded at the time because those tourist things also cost a lot of money, right? Because it's, not it's a cheap. touristy yeah, thing. Yeah, it's not cheap to do those things. And not to yeah. mention that I think what really appealed to <laughs> us was the fact that we get to really immerse ourselves and understand the culture of how that country worked. Yeah. Dude, I wanted to ride the elephants in Thailand, but after hearing how the the people treated the elephants, yeah, how they train them, right? That's how they trained cruel, them yeah. from birth. Yeah. Oh, like I I now don't ever want to try riding elephants again because, ooh, it's like so inhumane how they treat them. Like, yeah. Um, I forgot what you said about it. Like they, do they, they like tase them or something or like they basically they... beat the elephants until they're they're willing to accept people riding on top of them because normally they don't like people riding on their backs well and not only that but it's not meant for their backs especially baby elephants their back isn't meant to hold people <laughs> sitting on them on top because it's still developing right they're yeah they're back so, and so it really messes with them and they basically break their spirit down by by whipping them and whatever and hitting them until they accept they accept people uh riding them yeah but they don't really enjoy it 
I don't yeah. know, but it's not not something I would do. I would feed it a banana or like a, a piece of yam or something like whatever to eat. Yeah. Peanuts. Unless that's actually bad for them. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> moving back to the subject because we're like going everywhere. Uh, I think that the most important thing that I personally got from traveling was developing the perspective that even people in other countries who while may not be as well off as we are and like as an average american in the united states no i think most of them don't have that right? luxury or, they, or privilege. they don't because because literally a lot of their countries especially in more underdeveloped countries they're it's a lot more manual labor people are yeah. literally working their asses off just to get a dollar or two from you right yeah. and It shocked me because one is, of course, it feels good that I have such spending power that a dollar or two can buy so many things and can buy so many conveniences. But at the same time, it made me realize, even though I had this ability, most many, many people in these underdeveloped countries generally seem to have a more fulfilling life around family, around hobbies and passions than many more people that I know, especially coming from a startup tech background where all you do every day is literally code, sit in front of the computer, that's it. You have no social life, no social circle. It's all about the hustle. Yeah. And so to me, like I, I, I get that there are people who are probably hustling like crazy also in these underdeveloped countries, but I'm saying that it's just something amazing about seeing people like at the end of the day and even though they can make more money they're like oh it's actually the perfect time to go fishing i'm just gonna stop my business and i'm <laughs> gonna start fishing in the river yeah right yeah. i i actually like that i like seeing how i think like happier the locals yeah. are and just how much more carefree they are right and, and, and i love how they never really complain about their situation or the hard work that right? they're putting like um, i know i uh, one of our uber drivers in malaysia he was literally working as a software engineer but because he didn't pay enough because he had a family of four then he ended up with like ubering all the other hours yeah but then in between he was like i don't uber all the time i'm just trying to literally make x amount of money and as soon as i hit that i'm gonna go home and spend time with my family yeah, I thought and, it was really cute. Right? And <laughs> yeah. I like that is because it gives perspective that they value these they have better values. Yeah. Right. They care about family more. They care about it's not always about the money. It's not always about the dream because it there's more to life than just that. Yeah, dude, uh, I don't know if I told you, but in Bangkok, Thailand, when we were driving our moped uh, this was during traffic hour, right? Yeah. So it was like a lot of mopeds and it was like smog everywhere. It was kind of nasty. But yeah. anyways, there was this guy uh, next to us. I think he was a driver or delivery guy. Yeah. Uh, basically, he was on work. And even though it was still traffic hour and everyone's like working and so busy and tired, he actually had his phone attached to the moped handle. And he was talking to his family through their like FaceTime. Okay, that's a little scary considering how crazy traffic is in, in Bangkok, especially during traffic. No, no, but hour. He, he had like the audio thing too. Oh, okay. like the, well, the... I mean, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, if he's like, like, please, I hope I wasn't near him. Like, 
you were next to him. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, what did you say, wife? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but like he had the headphones on, so yeah, it was yeah. okay. But okay. it was it was just Hands nice. Free. Yeah, it's free. And basically, it was just nice to see that even though he is working very hard and it's you know super hot in Thailand, it's it's not the most comfortable place uh, you know to work and and live like at least yeah. like in that at that during that daytime but he was making the time for family despite how busy stressed he might be yeah tired you know it's yeah. it was really it was really fascinating to see yeah yeah and and of course like this we're, we're just giving out these examples knowing that there are definitely people who don't share these similar values as well like in in these countries like we're what we probably see is might be a minority it might be just select examples but it was just a fact that realizing that even when you don't have a lot and you can still be happy that perspective that i developed from that made me realize maybe i don't need to chase money as hard as i used to before maybe it isn't necessary to live that way and I think the reason why I became a minimalist, even though it was out of, even though it was because of traveling, like when you're, when you're traveling, you're not going to keep wanting to haul a giant suitcase or two every time. So I became a minimalist <sighs> because of travel, but I remained a minimalist because of the perspectives gained from traveling. And that is why traveling is so <laughs> valuable is because you get these perspectives rather than the experiences that make up a single moment of a very long life. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, would you recommend people to go travel? Well, see, for that's a, for that for that experience, see, see, I that's, guess that's the that's a that's the that's the hard thing to answer is because looking back at it now, if I think about whether or not I could have had all of the, if I could have developed the same kind of mindset that I do now without traveling, yes through books Mm. right because i think books open your worldview and your perspective in a way that's similar to traveling when you're reading you're literally living through someone's experience and and, perspective and perspective and by actually reading a book which is like layers and layers and layers of a portrait painted together you start realizing different things and you start learning how to think that's why reading is also so valuable and it's the cheaper way considered compared to traveling but travel is great is because people like to travel versus read right most people are engaging yeah most people think oh god i have to pick up a book (laughs) and and traveling i would say is the easier way and whatever it takes to get a different perspective other than the one that you already have, which is wake up, go to work, take care of bills, live for the weekends. That mentality, that worldview is worth doing whatever it takes to get out of it. Yeah. Because that is not the most fulfilled way of living, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? So if you can travel travel because it is worth it um why do you want to travel why why did you want to travel in the first place um i traveled uh to southeast asia because kind of like you i i didn't really like my situation uh back there in the states and i just wanted some sort of escape so i guess in the beginning travel was an, an escape for me but 
along the way, it kind of changed. And instead of seeing travel as trying to run away to somewhere foreign or new and you know get excited, get stimulated, I saw it more as a as an opportunity to develop my perspective on just like different cultures and the way people live. And it made me realize that you can live a different lifestyle and you can be happy if it's not just about the money. I have seen it through the locals. Yeah. Obviously they don't have as much money as we do. No. Or not as, you know, nice nicer clothes or right. I don't know, just <laughs> they 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 just know how to live a more fulfilling life, I would say, or something that's a little bit more meaningful than right. how we how we thought of life. And they're so freaking nice. Oh, it they, is like, they it is, are so, so kind. Like, like, oh my God. Yeah, like they go out of their way, <laughs> even if they barely know you, to take you to somewhere and be like, oh, eat with my family, eat with my friends. Like, this is the restaurant that I go to. This is my favorite place. And and they they treat you like family. Yeah. Which is very, very different from me just coming up to the States and then and then like people just make conversation and be like, Oh my God, how are you? Oh, let me, let me show you all around the best places. Let me take you here. Like in the beginning, when those moments happened, I thought it was like a scam. Like, are they trying to steal from me? Are they trying to rob me? I hold onto my wallet. But those are the moments that I learned to really appreciate during traveling is because I realized that people simply treat you very different than they do in America. Yeah, uh, when you mentioned that, I was just thinking of the the Bali people. Yeah, in Indonesia. Yeah, it I was mean, crazy. Yeah, they, out of all the people I've met around, you know, Southeast Asia at least, have been the nicest people. Yeah, like we have ever met. Yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah, they like I think there was one time we sat at a restaurant and we were just eating and we were telling them like, oh yeah, this is our first time eating here because we saw on a Google review that this place was pretty good and the food looks pretty good to us too. Yeah. And, you know, they felt so, so, I guess, like, humble. And, you know, the, the, the owner just came out and gave some of the fruits that his family was having in the kitchen. No, no, it, was, it wasn't that. Like, uh, it was, it was they asked us how, how we found them. We were like, oh, yeah, we found them from, from Google or whatever, and we talked. Mm. And then we started having a conversation with one of the other patrons. In the restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. had a conversation. I, I, one of the other patrons is because the guy was like, was like, oh yeah, I, you know, I actually used to live in Illinois or or somewhere. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think it was Illinois. And he was like, I eventually moved to Bali because the first time I came here, I met the owner of that <laughs> restaurant, and then the owner and I became such good friends that I yeah. thought like, oh okay. I mean, I was, and he said he was there for a wedding, but he ended up extending it, the extending how long he stayed up to a week. And then for another week. Just to visit him. And eventually he decided to come back so often that and the fifth or sixth time that he decided to just get settled down in Bali and he actually got married. He actually started a family. Uh. And one of his best friends became that owner of that restaurant. Mm. And as we were talking, the owner's wife just cut up a whole platter of fruits and served it to us 
free of charge. And then she's like, oh, just stay here. Don't worry. Enjoy your talk. I know. And, and we were, we're, we're, like, we're like, oh, do we have to pay for an effort? Like, yeah, we don't want to take your, yeah, your family's and, fruit. Yeah. And they were closed because they, they already, like, we were the last customers of the day. And so they just let us chat and talk there. And it was like having an intimate family conversation yeah. with completely people we didn't even know at all. It was such right? a different vibe. Yeah. That and, was really nice. I mean, it felt kind of foreign to me. And, you know, I was just like, it feels a little strange, but I, I kind of feel bad for taking it. But okay, you know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, try I, some. I, yeah, I appreciate it. You know, it, for yeah. the respect of, okay, I'll try your fruits. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah, but it's, it's so different from the U.S. where, I don't know, you, you well, just don't I get could, that I same could, I could see it happening manner. in the U.S. I think it depends but, on where you, yeah, where you but are. It's, it feels a lot more rare, maybe because... Of where live I live in the Silicon, in the Silicon Valley, yeah. and then people are just busy, so they don't have time to actually care as much. I don't know, but it, it's just like, I I guess I guess in in U.S. people are so busy with what they're doing that they don't really have the time to worry about someone else or make conversation. Like like if you if I knock on my neighbor's door, well definitely not now because it's coronavirus, but if I knock <laughs> on my neighbor's door, I'm like I'm like, oh hey, what's up? Like I've baked you guys some cookies. They're gonna be like, Why'd you bake me cookies? They're gonna look at me and be like They're like, I don't want what's the cookies. In this cookie. Did you <laughs> I don't want some, the cookies. Did you lace my cookies? <laughs> you know? Like that's probably the kind of response that I would get. Probably. Outside of like a church setting or whatever. You you don't just it's harder to just go to your neighbor and just suddenly be like, hey, I'm new here. I baked you guys cookies. Yeah, do they even do those? Um, I heard about that before, neighbor, but like not like anymore. Home, 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 was it home warming? Home warming parties and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, does that even exist anymore? Uh, it hasn't for me for a long time. I remember the last time I had it was when I was in second grade. Jesus, that, that was, was like, like a long time. A few decades like, ago or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it was a long wow. time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely very, very different. Oh, I, I miss I miss the people there and the food. <laughs> yeah, I miss the food. people. I do miss the culture. Um, the only reason why I would say I don't, I wouldn't want to live there is because the conveniences of living in the United States outweighs that of the culture and the people. What kind of conveniences are you talking about? Um, for example, buying this podcast equipment, mm. right? It's very nice. If I was trying to buy it in Bali, that's going to be a trouble. So I would have to go to another country to place an order. Or if I order it, it's going to take weeks. Mm. So conveniences like this, which make up part of modern society, is something that is hard for me because I enjoy having such convenience in order to pursue a passion like podcasts like just jump right into it and say this is something that we want to do this is something we want to try out right i think i think something that i i like about the u.s kind of like you is yeah that fast convenience especially even when you're buying online right. Right. like amazon for example right. it's nice like two-day yeah. delivery like yeah. come on like who could beat that exactly but what i will say is that when we came back especially, we were definitely more lonely because our <sighs> our perspectives have changed so much that 
we were no longer who we were before we left. So even the friends and the people that we hung out with, when we talked to them, it was like, oh, how you been? And they're like, oh, same old, same old. Like, I've been... Yeah, it, it, it I get that like, response. And like, it, like, it felt like their life never moved. Whereas for us, we went through so many experiences. We went through... We changed our perspective so many times. We went through disaster after disaster, adventure after adventure, and like meeting people after people. It completely transformed who we were. And so... When I heard those responses, like, oh, yeah, I've just been working. Oh, yeah, I got promoted. Yeah, I'm still working at this company. Oh, I'm so, like, I'm doing this. It didn't feel very inspiring to come back, to be like, man, I've missed you. What you've been up to? And that, <laughs> I, I know, and, right? And Especially kinda, after two, three years. Yeah, and that kind of lack of enthusiasm, or maybe because we've created a distance by not being able to stay fully in touch, right? Maybe, maybe mm. that was the reason. I don't know. But it made me definitely feel a lot more lonelier when I came back. And I, I felt I, I felt like a, a huge disconnect with um, like it got so bad. With my we, family, like and friends. we came, we had culture shock coming back to the U.S. I know it's really weird we because left, right? when you have culture shock, it's usually when you go to another country yeah. and you're like, oh, this feels so weird. Like, oh, I don't like yeah. it. Like, ugh, cring, yeah, and, cringing and, inside. Like, and especially coming from Bali, where everyone has a slower pace like literally people don't honk unless they're warning you people don't honk unless they're warning you they're and, super laid back and i once saw this old granny drop her oranges in the middle of the street and then immediately all the mopeds stopped and then like three or four people got off of their mopeds to pick up the oranges for her in the <laughs> middle of a busy intersection and uh. no one honked nobody and i'm like this is this is insane. Like you imagine America, one person dropped the oranges. That orange is considered gone because the car's like green light. The car's and like it's I just don't like give they a would, fuck. They drive over all your oranges. They will not give a crap. They're like, dude, I gotta I gotta like go to my right? meeting. Like right? I gotta go to the dentist yeah. appointment. So so when I came back, all I see were were drivers, people just staring at the green light, like white knuckled, holding the steering wheels, and be like, green light, green light. People honking <laughs> at everything, right? And, and people waiting in line and complaining about the weights are like, why is it taking so long? And and to me, that was completely, completely different from the attitude that I was used to in Bali. Yeah, especially when that was the last place we went to before coming right. back here. Yeah, right. Of, of course, other countries like, like China or, or like Hong Kong, people are really freaking fast, fast paced. And that's different. Yeah. But I think I have we've grown to really appreciate the slower lifestyle. Because it it just feels it feels nicer and more peaceful, right? Yeah, and like content. I I feel that I'm not stressed there at all, right? And I I have like more energy because there's more right. nature and and nice green plants and tropical trees yeah. everywhere. It's just really nice. Yeah, it ga- it gave me understanding why some people rather live a little bit further away from the city like in the suburbs, just because they have their own peace and quiet. And I think that is something that's worth pursuing instead of constantly being bombarded with advertisements and and how people act in society and all the constraints and like rules and regulations and stuff like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Huge, huge culture shock here. And, you know, I tried explaining it to my to my family and friends and they I, I guess they couldn't really understand why it's i think it's, it's hard to hard to understand unless you've flipped the perspective and they actually enjoy and immerse themselves in that slow 
way of life. Like there yeah. is something, there is something magical about waking up in the middle of a very tropical area where you literally have a ton of plants. Like I'm talking about 40 plants right outside your window. Right. And then you see grasshopper. Okay. This might be scary, but like grasshopper the size of your fist, like <laughs> a spider see, the size of your fist. Yes, a spider <laughs> the size of your fist. You see, you see like, um, a lot of life, a lot of wildlife, insect life, 24 seven, all the time, everywhere. It literally just feels like you, you're, you're traveling in the jungle and everything's peaceful because you hear like rain sounds and nature. You don't hear any car sounds, no honking. Oh, the sky is so clear that's, and beautiful. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, like that. Ooh. That's amazing. That's one thing I, lo- I love about, um, at least for, at least for Bali. <laughs> yeah. The skies. Oh man. Yeah, I really love Bali. Won't ever see that here, but um, no. yeah, it's just one of the yeah. nicer, nicer features that they have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And every country has its pros and cons. We just really, really fell in love with Bali. Yeah. But coming back here, definitely culture shock. Wasn't prepared for the fast-paced life of how people live. Like, oh, go to get to work on time. Like, where's my coffee? Got to do this. And I felt <laughs> in such a rush that I think for the first two months, I was like, man, why did we come back? We, we, came, we came back because we miss family. And I also wanted to make sure I haven't seen my parents in a while, and I wanted to make sure their their health was okay because we had some health scares, mm. and so we 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 definitely came back. But it took a lot of hard work and thinking to really acclimate myself, assimilate myself back into this society, right? So, which part? of um like which cultures which societies did you want to implement more into your life here in the u.s like what do you like most about like which country and you know the values or beliefs or perspectives that they have every country has the pros and cons mm. what do you what, do, what, would, what would you like to take i love the fact that i love the fact that bali is very nature loving I really have grown to appreciate nature from them. I love the food and the culture and how united Thai people are, right? Mm. Like, they're loyal for a cause, whether it be for their king or whatever, but they're pretty united. And I love that fact, right? And um, I love how people in Vietnam... They're not afraid of just going out and doing something. So, for example, is maybe because there's a slight more lack of rules. It's like you see someone who has a new inspiration to do something. They don't overthink it. They just say, oh, I'm just going to do it. And they just try it. Yeah. Even though it may or may not be filled. That's why sometimes you see like fruit juice stands suddenly decide, oh, I'm selling coffee on the side. Now I'm selling like banh mi's. Now I'm selling <laughs> like. It's it's a hard business there it, though. Yeah, it's definitely a hard Vietnam. business, right? But yeah. but it, it, it's like taking taking that to the next level, like really just experimenting. That's why there's always new stuff and new new things to see, which is very, very different, right? Yeah. And I like China is because some of the best Chinese food is obviously from China. Oh, it is absolutely amazing. The me. quality of the food and the service is amazing. It's outstanding. It is hard Oof. to compare 
even though we went to all these different countries. My right? God, yeah. So uh, Malaysia, it's great. It's because they're, they have such a passion on food. Like every person we talk to on the street they can talk for an hour about food. Like <laughs they're they all, so they're all natural passion, food right? lovers. They have, they have so much passion about food, and it, and their and, food's really flavorful. And, though. and and, and you definitely yeah, you definitely notice this like around everywhere in like every country. People are passionate about the food, but in Malaysia especially, like there's always people who who we've had Uber drivers who texted me afterwards, and they're like, like Dude, you should try this." By restaurant. the way, I forgot to tell you, there's also this place that's really good. There's this place. We're trying really this good. coffee, this white coffee. Yeah. So, so some. Good. So some of the best food adventures we had were definitely from Malaysia. Um, oh, dude, uh, I would get fat if I were living there because yeah. I'd just be nonstop eating. Right, right. Oh, I so that's help a it. okay. And then Taiwan. Again, yeah. the people. Some of our best friends are in Taiwan or from Taiwan, and and so they're very united too. They're also very united. And super nice. And I love the fact that they're willing to go out of their way to help you. Right. Yeah. So if they. Like, I can't remember the number of times where I was just waiting for a taxi or waiting to call a taxi. And then someone comes up to me and be like, oh, are you able to to hail a taxi cab? Because if you can't speak Chinese, I can help you get a hail a taxi cab. Yeah. And they just offer right out of the bat without anything. And, and that I really like. Right? Just like do it unconditionally. Right. Yeah. And um, one thing that I do like about Hong Kong, although <laughs> it is unfortunately having less of it is very traditional styles of cooking and because my parents are from hong kong i'm not cantonese i always enjoy reliving the memories that i've been to hong kong and then eating the food that i grew up on and being able to order it's like your comfort home and comfort food right right it's right and then and, nice. and, and, and and i i like how um and 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 again, maybe it's because I simply don't understand different cultures, and I don't know the language of other cultures. But I love how Cantonese can be so witty. It's just people have these crazy, insane banter's that you're like, ah, these people. <laughs> like they, it, it's not it's not bad, but it's like a very interesting humorous banter that's always like a in a slang like i'm making fun of you you're making fun of me it's kind of like sarcasm yeah yeah it's very witty very sarcastic like mm. very, a, a lot of that it's it's very lively especially when you listen to to people talk well you would have to translate it to me because i don't, I don't well, know well, my well, own well, home well, language well, yeah it's okay to give you an example it's like you know, you know how some people are like, "Oh, you're crazy!" Like if they say something weird or like whatever, right? I've one heard this lady who's like, "Oh, you're crazy, and you have you, you're crazy, and you're insane, and and you have this mental disorder or whatever." And oh. not, not in a not in a negative. <laughs> it way, sounds but very like, serious. Yeah, but but it's just like a laugh or like like oh, you're you're just like all crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's interesting. It's mm. interesting, but. Um, what are other countries? You went to Philippines. Philippines, I like Philippines. People are also very nice. Oh uh, yeah, they're right. and and they speak English, which is really great for conversations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I. Uh, f but to be fair, Philippines mm. just reminded me a lot of the U.S. <laughs> there were a lot of American franchise and sh and chain stores. You see Burger King and, there. Like, yeah, exactly. And Zara. Yeah, so. 
But oh, some of the best massages that we've ever had were actually in Philippines, oh. and the luxury, oh the luxury that you can buy. Dude. Is insane. Dude, what was it? We spent $40 per person? We spent $40 for two and a half hours. Well, total, hour. total, like for two people, right? Mm, I don't remember, honestly, but it was cheap regardless. But it was for a two and, I think it was $40 per person, maybe. I don't know. Oh, okay, but okay. For a two and a half hour massage with complimentary snacks, and then you get to spend in a, as long as you want in the lounge area and the onsen area. The onsen bath. Yeah, onsen bath and the sauna. I'm like, it's a full freaking resort oh. that you can spend the whole day at for $40. That's insane. Dude, I would I would stay there like the whole day. Maybe oh, even like celebrate my birthday there. Yeah, and they have and really, then. really good food too. Yeah, which we unfortunately couldn't try out, but maybe next time when we go to Philippines. Well, we have we have a few favorite restaurants in Philippines, but yeah, that's the, the, the only, okay. And here's an annoying thing about many of these countries. If you thought LA traffic in the US was bad, wait until you go to Hong Kong. <laughs> wait until you go to Philippines. Wait Thailand. until you go to Thailand. Oh. Like No. That that is traffic hours. That oh, is literally it's, it's you're, really bad. You're packed into a subway car and an MRT and you're like, Oh, I can't breathe. I'm smelling someone's armpit, but I can't move. Like that. The way I like to see it is you're kinda of like putting the Chinese people in Europe and that's how tra- how bad traffic would be. If everyone had to drive in those small, narrow uh, streets yeah, and having to all uh, commute at the same time, I, I think that's how bad it could get yeah. in no, like, Southeast Asia. Like the roads are even, the roads and everything are a lot tighter. Like when we were, when I was uh, um, riding a, a moped in Bangkok and in Phil- and in Vietnam, they were so close that I literally could move my elbow and I'll whack someone, <laughs> whack someone else's elbow. Yeah, like whack someone's chin. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's how close we were. Oh, man. I, yeah. I think um, because I was riding in the back of the moped while I was witnessing this whole uh, huge traffic jam, especially yeah. in Vietnam, right. I think mopeds were literally two, like, two inches away from you. Going they're, at fast speeds anyways. Yeah, like, they were very, very close. They're very, they're they're very, very close, yeah. um aggressive i was but. terrified for like the first month and a half when we were in vietnam <laughs> we had no insurance either yeah it was and, scary yeah and even even with a and, and this is and this is terrible it's and the reason why we had no insurance was because we were still recovering from china after we, we, being we, we, we couldn't completely afford it broke and i know it's no excuse and this is why i don't recommend anyone to do it we were stupid and young don't recommend it it's because like it's it's a pretty big deal, especially if you get into a situation that that's we, bad. Like it's not. We, it's we not had two it. moped accidents in Vietnam. Yeah. Neither of which was our fault, which is exactly why it's so important. Yeah. It's because we stopped. People ran the red lights, crashed ran, right into ran us. Ran into the back. <laughs> yeah, they ran into the back of us. I was like, dude, oh, it's so scary. It, it wasn't even us. But yeah. that's exactly why why you need to get insurance and another reason why we left is because it was, <laughs> it was just no no like we went back to the US is because it's it's too unsafe like you don't go there without insurance because it's your life right yeah but it's but to be fair it's just as bad as being in the US without health insurance if you get into an accident or something it's just the the chances of getting into accident is much higher in a heavily densely populated country you know to be honest i actually feel I felt more scared of um, driving around in the U.S. than in Southeast Asia. After coming back and living in Cupertino, where 
the lady is not even looking and they're like, shh. Yeah, that's yeah, scary. Yeah, people here just don't really look around. So yeah. that's even people, scarier. People are a lot more aware in Asia yes. when they're, if they're driving. They're a lot better at There's driving. so many people, yeah. like cars and mopeds yeah. and bicycles and pedestrians. The only problem is they break too many laws. So therefore, all traffic regulations are just merely guidelines. And so... At that pace, then there's a lot of accidents that do happen all the time. Yeah, right? that's true. That's true. Yeah. But I I felt like I had more freedom in Asia in that sense. <laughs> Where it's like, it's not really heavily restricted. Yeah, right? yeah. It's We definitely have a lot more freedom. It's a lot more fun. But, you know, everything is like a trade-off, right? You can never have this kind of convenience and this like, hey, you know, we have our own place well, under my family's roof, but being able to build our own chicken coop, mm. being able to have our own chickens and, and like... Oh, so nice. And have the equipment to build a coop and like having access to going to Home Depot and all of these things. And yeah. speaking English, the American language, because obviously we only speak English. So that in itself... Mm offer such peace of mind that it is hard to get in other countries despite the freedom despite the fun moments despite everything yeah 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 i like being here now but i still want to travel of course i do want to travel too but i think when i do travel the next time even though i've learned a lot from budget traveling literally living in hostels literally living in backpacking how much do we pay like per month just to just to live well it really varied from country to country sometimes it was mm. like 200 to 300 a month sometimes it was a thousand months which was expensive but that was when we were really trying to settle down in that country and just hardcore work and so our office mm -hmm. because we didn't want to keep paying for coffee our office was literally at home sometimes so we, our bedroom was our office yeah so that's why sometimes <laughs> and, and that's why sometimes we had to had to get a place with two bedrooms because we couldn't stand being in the same room working together because it was too distracting yeah so yeah but um what were you saying where where would you go travel next oh yeah but I mean, we went to southeast asia i so. definitely want to actually now make some money so that I can experience another country. Which one? Many. I go to <laughs> Europe. I want to go go to all these. I want to go to Japan. I want to go to Korea. I want to go to all these places that I haven't had the money to travel because they're more expensive. And the thing with having more money is that I still wouldn't travel by going all the tourist places. I would rather go to a place and be able to hire a tour guide to show me around to all the local places. And I would want to live there for a month to struggle through the culture myself, to learn through myself, to figure out how things work. How because people I live. Think, yeah. And you have to really stay there for a period of time, a minimum of three weeks that I'd say, to really get an understanding of how people actually live, the nuances of a culture and how people interact with one another, right? Yeah. And so I think that requires unfortunately a lot more time than money than we can afford right now but yeah. definitely something that i would want to do again if not just for the perspectives that traveling gives you that we can't get otherwise unless through books yeah i mean if you say that it takes about at least three weeks to get 
immersed into the culture and to know uh, most things about it. I mean, for most people that that work the you know nine to five job and they only get two weeks of vacation, maybe less. I mean, how how would you advise or or tell them like how to travel if they don't have that extra time? I'm just gonna be blunt and say that you're never truly going to have the kind of travel that most people are looking for that is completely life-changing unless they actually do something that is life-changing. If they say, hey, I'm going to spend seven days in a meditation camp in Tibet, Mm. maybe that is life-changing. But if all they're saying is, I'm going to go to Paris or France and visit all of the best restaurants and foods and entertainments and sites... That is most often merely an escape to the real world that they're living. Mm. So I'd say that if you're living for that kind of lifestyle where you're living for your vacation days and you're living for the weekends, maybe the perspective you need is something is a different kind of life. Maybe the perspective that you want, that you want to get from traveling is by altering the kind of lifestyle that you're living. Because even if you go traveling, you're not going to be content. You're not going to be fulfilled if all you're looking for is an answer to who are you or learning more about yourself. You can't discover yourself if the way that you're trying to discover yourself is restricted by the current lifestyle that you've been living all along. Basically said, if you live the exact same way, you go to the same shopping centers, you go to H&M, even in Asia, you go to the McDonald's, well, I'm into McDonald's, so no excuses, but, <laughs> but if you go to these places and you go to all these tourist locations, it's really no different from you just going to a brand new restaurant in your city and say, oh, watching this brand new movie is because you're just li- living for the sake of these experiences, these new temporary novelties, but never actually changing your life. Yeah, right. I think, I think, um, I mean, I'm just thinking back when I first visited Thailand and, you know, food was something that I expected to be really good. And so I was just thinking, you know, oh, what kind of food can I get here? Oh, oh, Pad Thai. Pad Thai is like my absolute yeah, favorite right? Thai food. Yeah. And so that's the first thing I look for. Yeah. But I mean, I wouldn't know what other foods that the you know, Thailand has, they have so much food that is not even ever on the menu of American restaurants. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, now Pad Thai is is like pretty good, but it's not my favorite anymore. There is so (laughs) much stuff that you can't even find on the menus here. It is insane. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, it's really hard, especially if you have no knowledge base on what is out there in the country. And I was, and I, I myself was too scared to try something different uh, because you know, what if it sucks? What if it's something I don't like? Especially if you don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't want to take my chances. And I was just, okay, I'll go with something familiar. Yeah. Okay. That was pretty weird. What would you recommend to someone who wants to travel? Uh, Something to recommend to them? Like, Like in terms of what they should be looking for, either in perspective or in terms of what to expect while traveling. Or what to really get out of traveling? Oh, that's a big question. I would recommend people, especially for first-time travelers, to 
not really set a strict schedule at first as to what you want to visit, where you want to eat, or what you want to do. Because I feel that when you put too much of a schedule and like expectations, you tend to have like um, your mind follows your predictions in that sense. Yeah. And it's not really the best way to explore something new because somewhere in the back of your mind, you kind of know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. That's why I don't really like tours is because they're too predictable. You're literally going from one place to another before you have fully time to appreciate it. And then it's also like, like I also used to be like this. And there are many people who are like this, who are like, by 12.15, we must be at the airport. And then oh my and, God. And it'd be like, <laughs> right after, as soon as we get off the airport, we have one hour for luggage. Dude, we go through immigration in 15 minutes. I don't, I don't think I could do that anymore. Like, uh, you know, if I, if I had someone who was like, oh yeah, you want to like, you know, spend the day going to like the museum first and then going to the, yeah. the night market and then, uh, you know, going to the park. And I'd be like, okay, uh, I don't mind. But then it's like on a strict schedule, it, like 12 p.m. we yeah. go here and then like two o'clock we have to be here. And I'm like, oh. Like, yeah, and that's the problem. Like if you're not used to a country, you don't know how, how the traffic is. You don't know how, how easy it is to get in. You don't have the experience of yeah. going to these places. There will undoubtedly be some issues. There will undoubtedly be some delays. And as soon as one plan is off, then you're going to be like, oh, man, I missed this. And you're going to feel terrible. You're setting up yourself up for anxiety and failure. Exactly. And I hate that. That's exactly. not traveling. Like, God, I it, just, it stresses me out just to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, just don't have 100% control over your travel experiences. Right. Let it just go relax go with the flow go with the flow whatever you feel like doing just do it and you know just kind of like explore your way through and especially like by yourself like not you can go with a friend or with family members but usually i feel that the most experience you get is usually by yourself because you're more self-aware when you're by yourself you're more alert in case somebody tries to like mug you or something or um you know, they're, they're following you and you're worried that they might kidnap you. I don't know. But it's usually a better experience, a more memorable one. Yeah. That is if you go by yourself without any expectations or it's schedule. Really, it's really, really scary and things could happen. But I honestly, the, the chances of things happening to you is the same as you going anywhere and trying something new for the first time. Sure, there are thefts. Sure, there are mugging available, but a good dose of common sense heavily, heavily helps. And I say just don't be scared. Like, if you're scared, go to a place that's safer. Like, go to freaking Japan, right, where the crime rate is lower. It's, it's go, pretty go safe Go somewhere there. like that. Then you're more willing. Like, you can, you, 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 I guess another thing you really get from traveling is that you become a lot more independent. Right. You and feel more confident you in your lot. ability to right. navigate and to explore something different. Right. And honestly, if you can say like, hey, I just freaking backpacked and hitchhiked my way across from this country to this country or I've been through all these hostels, the level of which you improve your conversational skills, that you improve your awareness, that you improve your spatial <laughs> orientation, like all of these completely amplify when you travel solo. Yeah. And 
that's a part of why reason why traveling is so fun is because you really built a set of skills that help you throughout the rest of your life. Yeah. Including the perspective, which is yeah. the greatest. Now, I know like traveling solo is probably very different from like me to you because, you know, obviously because you're a girl and it's a lot more dangerous for you, yes. especially some of the countries you've been to. Even I worry for you. <laughs> like, my, like for sure. My like, parents like, were extremely worried. I was freaking worried. Yeah. And they're like, do not go to this X, country, X, 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 this country, country, this country, country, country yeah. because it's you know, you're going to get kidnapped. You're going to get raped. You're going to get. Mugged. Yeah. Honestly, like that is a scare. That is a lot more dangerous. It is possible. But it, of course, like you said, common sense. Yeah, but some countries I would still avoid, like, you know, for example, like a single female solo traveler going the only, to India. The only, the only, yeah, the only place I would kind of, like, be hesitant about is India. Like, there are places and... in India that is supposed to be safe, that's supposed to be great, but if you can't have someone to travel with you, of course, it's better. But here's here's also an interesting thing. If you think that you're in a really amazing relationship or whatever, and you're very compatible, or you or you have a really good friends that you're best friends with, whatever, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Wait until you go traveling because when you're stuck in the same place with someone all the time, when you have to go through stressful situations with someone else and when you have to basically deal with that person and live with that and, and go to all these unknown situations with that person, you really know whether or not you're compatible. You really know whether oh. or not you're going to be annoyed at that person and be like i can't stand you anymore yeah i i think it's something where it's like you know if someone's compatible if you you can travel you, with them not live like with be them. before that was like if you live with them yeah and uh travels the one step further yeah and now i'm gonna say like travels the next step because yeah. you know you, you basically you want to know how the person is 24 right. 7 and also at the points when they're super stressed and right. you know maybe emotionally unstable that's when you know their true character. Yeah. And that's we, if you know, if you could stand that behavior of theirs yeah. or how they're reacting. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we, we had so many, so many arguments that arose because oh, of so silly these too. traveling ones. Yeah, it was so silly. But like, yeah. once we figure that out, the reason why we've had a much more tight-knit relationship and we're so much more closer is because we've worked out oh, all these... <laughs> we've worked out all these kinks. That yeah. would have otherwise broken a normal relationship. And so for that, I'm also thankful that we got the opportunity to solo travel and then eventually travel together. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing either one of those because I think it's pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. You know what else is pretty? Oh. oh. <laughs> Caught you. All right. But um, I think that's a good, good stopping point to talk about travel. We've been talking about travel for a while. My bad for talking more because I realized like I talked a lot in this conversation compared to other podcasts. I, I think you have a lot more to share for traveling because you traveled more than I have. Yeah, but but I still I, I wanted to give you like time to really delve into what you thought about traveling and stuff like that. But I also didn't really wasn't sure where we were going with this because yeah, I like this conversation. I thought yeah, it was, I, I uh, love this conversation. I like, always love all my conversations. It goes into the flow, and I also like this kind of position because it's more. I like it. Um, more intimate. I like. I it. get to see you directly. You look good. You look better. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, maybe what you see is your reflection in my eyes. Oh. That's looking at the reflection in my eyes. No, that doesn't count. You're just using oh, my line. Oh no! That doesn't, that doesn't count at all. <laughs> all right. Anyways. Um. Yeah. So. 
I like that format. I like this time. Oh, by the way, you know, we're pretty much done talking about traveling again. Like we're just now talking a little bit about this podcast format. So if you listen thus far all the way through, thank you. Thanks for being our first coming listeners. Yeah. So really really appreciate appreciate it. Especially because we're really still trying to figure out the ropes of what we're trying to do and get the flow right we just have we just enjoy talking to each other in real time and hearing each other's thoughts and sometimes examining and exploring a topic that we normally don't talk about is because when we do talk it's more about like the future that we want to build together our expectations our lifestyle our building better habits how we grow our willpower so things that's very progressive like orientated, like 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 process orientated, wanting, wanting right? to improve, Be- wanting to improve building aspect. systems and like spending time with family. How do we bond better with family? How Which do we, we did with Monopoly game with my parents. Yeah, how do we how do we how do we expand on that stuff more? Like uh, example, like stuff like that. Like, yes. So these conversations are very different, which is why it happens in real time, and I just really appreciate it. But, sorry, I'm rambling too much. But if you guys have any, like, feedback or comments or suggestions as to um, what we can improve on or what we can do. Or topics you guys you guys would like us to talk feel about. F- feel free to email us, leave a comment below. And we really appreciate it if you like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Yes, please support us. We, we would like your support. but anyways uh, that's a wrap all right thanks for listening thank you for listening see you next time next week good night good night